Yo, yo, yiggity, yiggity, yo. Hey, we are back. And this time, you know what? The coolest thing about being back this time is it is not football. How many episodes in a row have we done on football? It's been too many to even count. Yo, so it's glad. I'm, I'm so glad to be back to talk something a little bit differently. Today's show is going to be Early season NBA, I mean, we haven't really seen too many games. I think everybody's gotten in about, what, 30 or so games. So it's obviously still early. A lot can happen. A lot can change. But let me hop right into this. $18,000 kid, what up? What up, man? You thought I forgot you, didn't you? Nope, never. You thought I was going to get the rambling again, didn't you? (laughs) (laughs) No, man. Hey, it's good to have you on the show as always. Yeah, so with this basketball, I mean, like I said, so little has happened, but I mean, with only 30 games being involved, I, I can honestly say this season has been pretty interesting. I, a lot has happened, uh, and I, that's dealing with injuries. You have obviously players that's coming back from injuries last year that's actually showing some talent. You got some guys that are coming out here and just balling out of their minds that, you know, you may not have expected. But then again, on the flip side, you got some teams that, you know, just ain't cutting it. You got guys that just don't look the same. So with all that being said, let's hop right into it. Your most surprising team so far this NBA season. If you have more than one, go for it. What you got? Uh. So, I got a – we're going surprising teams first, correct? Yeah, surprising teams. Your most surprising right. teams so far. So, um, I got one from each each conference. So, okay. my <clears throat> my uh, most surprising in the East, it, it has to be the Knicks. The way the Knicks have been playing, it nobody really expected it. Plain and simple. I agree. I mean – Expected, I mean, what? They're they're fourteen and fifteen right now, and most people probably expected them to be at like eight wins right now. <laughs> at pretty much the bottom. At best, now. yeah, like at yeah, best, exactly. But the way Julius Randle has been playing, I tell you what, <laughs> I was just he on has Twitter falling. Bro, I was just on Twitter, you know, talking about Julius Randle. One of his last game. The man went like seven for nine from three. I was just like, this man think he Kevin. He think he Kevin Durant. <laughs> yeah, Julius Randle. He's definitely gonna win most improved. And as of right now, I mean, he should be in consideration for MVP. He won't be, but he should. Because I mean, his stats are: he's averaging twenty three, he's averaging eleven, and he's averaging like six and a half. Yep. Those are MVP caliber numbers, but I mean, it's it's he's on the Knicks. They're not going to win enough games, but um, but yeah, that's my East Eastern Conference surprise team. Uh, you want me to do my West, or you want to tell me your East? Uh, we get my East is actually the exact same. Um, the New York Knicks. It's incredible what they're doing with this young roster. Um, mm-hmm. being fourteen and fifteen, that's. Like, that kind of record is normally, you know, screaming out middle of the pack. But watching them, Coach Thibodeau has them as the best defensive-rated team in the NBA. Of course, that should – anybody who knows Coach Thibodeau knows that should not, you know, be any shock to you. You know, his his boys play defense. They always have. But they're doing just enough offensively to beat people, and – they're young, they're, and they, they're actually pretty interesting to watch. If you, if you tune into the Knicks, especially now, you know, that they picked up Derrick Rose, mm-hmm. that, that made them that much better, especially on that second unit. So the Knicks are definitely probably my most su- surprising team overall, not even just the East. I would probably say overall because, like you said, who would have thought that they would be not only a middle-of-the-pack team but also sitting sixth in the East? Yeah, 
I mean, they wouldn't be even in the eighth seed in the West, just saying. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, 14 and 15, that's good. That, that's really good for the Knicks right now. It is. I mean, they're not supposed to be like this right now. They're supposed to be a a lottery pick type team, but they may actually make the playoffs going at this rate. Right. And, I mean, the East, I don't know who can actually – I mean, they're going to have to do pretty bad on the back half, which I don't see them really doing because, like you said, they play really good defense. And if you play really good defense, you're going to stay in games no matter what. Mm-hmm. But um, as far as my my Western Conference surprise team, uh, I got two in mind, and I'm actually gonna go with the Jazz. <laughs> we knew they were a good team. Yes, we didn't really think that they would be. They're more of like a four to six range in the West. They've, they've been that, maybe a three. They can maybe get to a three. But they're sitting pretty at 23 and five. They've won 19 of their last 20. Uh, and this team just, it looks great. Because, I mean, they're not just beating, like, the low-tier team. I mean, they're beating the the championship contending team. Mm-hmm. Their, their one loss in their last 20 games came against the, the Nuggets, who just shot lights out. Right. That was one of those games that, I mean, they probably weren't going to win from the get-go. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, um, I have Utah as my surprise team. Donovan Mitchell obviously going off. Bogdanovich, who, he he wasn't in the bubble. People forget that. Bogdanovich was not in the bubble, and that has definitely looked like a key piece to their yeah. Yes, it has. I, I, that... that... Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, uh, I was going to say that just gives them another scoring threat, which they were kind of missing in the bubble. They had Donovan Mitchell, and then after that, it was what maybe Mike Conley. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm saying kind of missing. <laughs> kind of I mean, missing. Yeah, they were, they were definitely. Uh, that. But yeah, that, I mean, that that's a big time. You know, missing the bubble. I mean, he's twenty points a game. You know that yeah. that. He, they they were definitely missing that, and I mean, definitely looking into the Jazz and seeing that record. Yes, they are the easiest choice to say they'll be the most surprising team because it, it seems like they took the biggest step forward. Uh, mm-hmm. Another player, another player that stepped their game up and that has made a big difference this year for them is also Royce o- O'Neal. You know, yeah. he he's not he's not been you know that score type, but he's almost becoming a Draymond-type player for them, that Swiss Army knife that is doing a little bit of everything. Five rebounds a game, five assists a game, six points a game. Mm -hmm. So he's doing a little bit of everything without having the ball as much in his hands as obviously Bogdan, you know, Conley, and even obviously D-Mitch. And, of course, the Jazz as a team are doing what the Jazz have always done, which is – or at least done in the last about five years – as they went on the defensive end, they're ninth as a team defensively, and they're they're mm-hmm. a little bit better than they normally are. Uh, they're a little bit below average offensively, and that's statistically wise. Uh, they're, they're, so they're, that has actually been an improvement for them this year than it has in recent years. So it definitely looks like it's coming together in Utah, and that's why it's easy to say, you know, that they'll be your most surprising team. But I dug deeper for mine. Mm-hmm. I dug deeper. Now, if we're going to give the New York Knicks credit, we have to also give Golden State credit. Yeah, see, that was my second team. It it, it was between the Jazz and Golden State. Because, yeah, oh, Golden it, State doesn't have much. They they have and then Draymond and I don't even know who else, really. <laughs> I mean – Obviously, with no clay, there's a huge hole offensively. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, if you want to be honest, it hasn't – they still haven't found a, a, a second option. Wiggins is there, and he's averaging his 
uh, respective 18 points a game. But then the next guy is Kelly Obrey, and he's only averaging 14. Wiseman's after that, he's only averaging 12. So, like, there's a big drop-off between Curry's 30 and, you know, Wiggins' 17, 18 points a game. That's, so that's a huge hole that they're still missing, but they're finding a way to get it done. And if you actually watch their games, their style has not changed. So everyone that is criticizing and, and hating on Steve Kerr, you have to continue to watch. His style has not changed. He's still running a whole lot of motion offense. He's still running the same backdoor cuts. The biggest difference is he doesn't have his second knockdown shooter. And, and that's a huge difference. Mm-hmm. It's huge. But there's still guys getting these open looks. I mean, I've seen games where Kelly Obrey has gone off offensively. I've seen games where Andrew Wiggins this year has had 25, almost 30 points off it offensively. So the way their offense is ran, Curry's going to be Curry. He's going to get his because that system is perfectly designed for him. But any given night, the way the motions and the back doors run, if your defense is, mm-hmm. is, is, is being lazy, those guys can get off. Uh, they're, they're inconsistent shooters, but again, your defense is lacking. They are they are capable of knocking down the shots, and that that even includes Draymond. That includes uh, Eric Paschal off the bench. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously they got Ubre thinking he was going to be that guy because remember in Phoenix, Ubre was about an 18 to 20 points score, if not more. So yeah. they were hoping they were going to get that guy. Unfortunately, especially at the beginning of the year, he he was not good, plain and simple. I mean, he could not shoot. And yeah, at, and at that point, it was basically Wiggins and Curry on offense. Yeah, I mean, and everybody Wiseman. else. <laughs> Wiseman didn't look bad. Wiseman didn't look bad when he was healthy. Not at all. Not he at all. Like but... a like a true. He was going to be the true third option. However, yeah, he, he hurt, obviously. So, and, and Wiseman still has to come into a hole offensively. I mean, he has shown flashes of hitting, you know, being able to hit a consistent mid-range jump shot. I mean, every now and then he'll knock down a three-point ball. I mean, honestly, he, it almost looks like I I don't want to compare his dominance, I mean, this this early in the career, but he looks to me more like a, a first-year Joel Embiid, you know, there's flashes, but the offensive inconsistencies were there. Um, he's obviously a little bit more active than Embiid was his rookie year, but yeah. the their paint presence is known, whether it's rebounding mm-hmm. and just being all seven foot, you know, of him. It's been there. So Washington definitely looks good. Obviously, as the years come, his offensive game should come. And so, back to being, you know, a team game, I had to pick Golden State to be my most surprising team. Yeah. I mean, you, you couldn't go wrong with either one of those. I don't know who else could have been in in consideration. Maybe Portland or Phoenix in consideration. I mean, Portland because of injuries. Obviously, they've had to dealt, deal with injuries all season. But yeah. And then Phoenix, I mean... They went eight and zero in the bubble. They got Chris Paul. Yeah, I, I couldn't, couldn't choose them. I couldn't choose yeah, them. It wasn't. It wasn't too surprising, but I mean, those are the only ones I could think of. But um, yeah, let's go. Most disappointing. Who do you got as the most disappointing team in the West? Ah, uh, man, man, man. So for me, my most disappointing team. Actually, does come from the West, so it's perfect for you. Uh, my most disappointing team, actually, is the New Orleans Pelicans. Ooh. They, the, the inconsistency, they are still lacking shooting from the guard position. Mm-hmm. Um, we're starting to see Zion for Zion. Yeah, yeah, consistent shooting. We're starting to see what we're getting with Zion on an every night basis. Which is awesome, which is great. We all, you know, we all expected this. We all expected Stephen Adams to come in and be a rebounder machine, you know, but what's everyone else doing? I mean, Brandon Ingram is having a a good year, but it's been quiet. 
you know, I, obviously he's going to be shadowed by Zion because anytime Zion does a 360 dunk, <laughs> everybody, SportsCenter is going to be all over. But Brandon Ingram, I feel like last year was making more big plays when they needed him the most. I, I feel like he's been – it's a quiet 24 he's dropping. They seem like they're also having offensive issues too because after Zion and Brandon Ingram's 20 points, the next guy is – Lonzo at 13. So it sounds like yeah. they're having offensive issues as well, but to be 11 and 15, you would expect them to have made a bigger push early in the year, especially not having Zion that much last year and basically being the same team. Their record was about the same last year, you know, so you would have expected them to be a little, a little bit better, but right now I'm not seeing it. That's my most disappointing team. See, I, I don't think I, I don't think I expected them to be better. Maybe about the same. But the loss of Drew Holiday for for the Pelicans was a big – on both sides of the ball. On both sides he, of the he, ball, yeah. He could get you 20, and he could also – he was one of their best perimeter defenders. I mean, him mm-hmm. and Lonzo Ball were probably – I mean, besides probably the Clippers, were probably the best one-two punch in the uh, front court or back court. Backcourt defensively, yeah. Yeah. So losing him, that definitely hurt. Uh, Obviously, they got Adams, who obviously does his part. He knows his role. Rebound Mm -hmm. and defend the paint. But, uh, yeah, Lonzo Ball, man, I've been waiting for him to take that next step. And he just – I don't know if he has it. I, I don't. Maybe what we see is what we get. That's what it's looking like. And uh, unfortunately, I mean, it, it, he has been in a trade rumor. Yeah, so he may I've be seen that. traded this year, which, I mean, maybe just a chain of scenery, maybe what he needs. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't know if I would put the Pelicans as a like, disappointing team. I mean, yeah. I feel like they should probably be a pl- in the playoffs right now, in the playoff picture. But uh, I'm actually going to go with Dallas as my disappointing team. Okay. Because they're sitting at the 10th spot, 13 and 15. And I-, I understand Porzingis wasn't healthy at the start of the year. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, we saw what Luka did last year was basically without Porzingis. And, I mean, I thought Luca. I mean, maybe that's just from last year, everybody thinking Luca's like a superhero and can just put the team on its back all the time. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, I, I honestly thought Dallas would be up there maybe in like a four seed from how they looked last year. And, unfortunately yeah. – Luca's doing his thing, but nobody else is really stepping up for him. Now, I've watched Dallas a few times because for some reason they're always on freaking primetime TV. Uh, <laughs> the one thing I've always said, at least I've said from the start of this year from watching their games, is they have no identity. They are one of the worst three-point percentage shooting teams in the NBA, yet they jack up so many. You have Zingas that could do whatever he wants in the paint, but he'll rather bail people out, bail defenders out by shooting three-point jump shots. Not saying he can't do it. As a matter of fact, he's probably one of their better three-point shooters. But at the same time, at the same time, when they need buckets, he needs to be in the paint. He His game is so developed in the paint, but he does not use it. Yeah. I mean, you're, he's 7 what, 2? He's 7 right. two, seven one. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's so, demolishing people in the paint. There's it should be baby hooks there. left and right. Exactly. There's only a few people in there that can match his size, like in the whole league. So I, I don't understand why he settles for jumpers. I mean, I'm not going to say he's this – dominant in the paint, but like Embiid. When Embiid pulls up for a jumper, teams love it. Teams oh, love it. 
teams will encourage that all the time. Just take a jumper. I don't care if you go six of ten. That's better than going nine of ten in the paint. Exactly. And, and I mean, I mean that's how teams feel with Porzingis. You shoot it. I mean, more than I mean, it's better than freaking just getting killed in the paint. Right, and you gotta think when he is out there shooting threes, mm-hmm. he's out of the for rebounding. So now the rebounding department is gone. It, it, it's Dallas needs to find an identity, and it needs to happen quick because if they don't turn this thing around, the West is going to be interesting all year. Yep. All year. The West is going to go down again to another I, – I mean, just look at them right now. The second-to-last team, the Houston Rockets, are, are three-and-a-half games away from Golden State at the AC. And that's the second to last team in the West. The West is yeah. going to be interesting. Obviously, teams are going to pull away. I, like, I don't see Houston sticking around in this conversation. OKC is not going to stick around in this conversation. Oh. Depending on what Sacramento decides they want to do throughout the season, depends on if they're going to stick around in this conversation. The Pelicans need to turn it around. Right. And, and then, Sacramento's you know... The worst defensive team in the league, and it's We've been the bottom five like every year for the past five years, if not more. Like it, it's go, go ahead, and, go ahead, and get that frustration <laughs> out. You, you, <laughs> we you were just delay. thirteen, dude. We not thirteen, but we were just twelve and eleven. We were just twelve and eleven, and now we're back on a four-game losing streak. Uh, we are so inconsistent, bro. <laughs> I wish. I wish we would have kept Dave, Dave Yeager. I really do. I think get. I think canning him for uh, Luke Walton was a big, big mistake. Hey, and then we well. need to get rid of Bagley. I'm sorry. I'm I'm ready to move him. He just. We don't know how. To, remember, we don't know what to do with him, man. I remember when you drafted Bagley. You were so happy. Because it was a need. He was good in college. And. Uh, I, I guess we just don't know how to use him, man. It's all right. He crumbled for you. It's all good. I, I know I mean, a little injuries, bit about that. Injuries have been big for him. It he, has been because he's – his talent, he's when he's on the court, he's two. nice. Mm, nah. His no? His plus minus is pretty low. Oh, when you look at the – now you're digging deep in the metrics. Hey, plus minus is a big tell on how good you are when – how good the team does when you're on the court. With you on the – Yeah. Well, let's get back to it. Um, I I do have one more disappointing team. Uh, they're they're another young team, and I hate to do it to these young boys. I hate to do it to to New Orleans, but now I'm gonna do it to the East, the Hawks. Yeah, the, in, the inconsistencies of the Hawks is out of this world. Yeah, like they they're another team that's on a four game losing streak. They've lost uh, the last seven of eight games. So with that being said, that like that just tells you in the beginning of the year that they were winning games. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so like their inconsistency is out of this world, and I thought it would be a little bit better, you know, because they also you know have a healthy Clint Capella now holding down the paint. They still have no clue if they're going to keep John Collins. But, see, what I thought was going to make the biggest difference with them is when they started bringing defending guards. You brought in two. You brought in Chris Dunn, and you also brought in Rajon Rondo. Rajon Rondo, I thought, would have been a huge help because not only his defense but also his leadership. Um, Obviously, you know what you're getting in Trey Young, phenomenal basketball player, offensively gifted. He can't guard me. Uh, (laughs) I, I no, Cam Reddish needs to get consistent because that's big off off the wing. You know, DeAndre Hunter is basically yep. – yeah, but DeAndre Hunter to me has looked better offensively than Cam, and Cam was supposed to be the better offensive player. Mm-hmm. Um, Gallinari – like a, a 3-and-D. Yep, exactly. A 3-and-D, but he's the one that's looking a little bit more polished offensively. Gallinari looks good in spurts. You know, he some games he'll come out and he'll lead your team with 26 points. The next game he might have 14. Uh, find, they're another team. Get consistent. Lean on your veterans because 
the young guys don't seem like they're going to get consistent anytime soon. And I think that's ultimately going to end up keeping them out of the playoffs yet again. Yep. All right. So I'll hit you up with my um, disappointing team in the East. Uh, it's the defending Eastern Conference champions, the Miami uh-huh. Heat. I could not choose them, man. Injuries have been killing them this year. They, it has. It has. I will give you that. But even when they're healthy, even when they're healthy, they still have a losing record. And even when – yeah, they haven't looked the best. I don't I don't know what if it's a uh, – Yeah. The, the finals hangover, they don't look yeah. like the same team. No, they don't. Like, they, they're going to have to get it back together. I I mean, they're only one game behind uh, the eighth seed. So, I mean, at the end, when it comes to the end of the season, I, I feel like they will get uh, – they, they'll be in the playoffs. But, yeah. Um, but right but now – Right now, they have been very disappointing. Like they, yes, they I, have. I under, like you said, injuries, and that is a big part. But, but man, they just – they don't look good. And the and thing with the Heat, you know, surprisingly, I'm going with surprisingly because they look the worst defensively this year. They can't stop nobody from hitting a three. The perimeter defense has been horrible this year. If I'm them, if the Toronto is really interested in moving Kyle Lowry, I might have to make a call. Who are you going to give them? Uh, I will slot them Duncan Robinson. They don't want to move him. They got to do something. Dude, they want to try to keep Duncan and Tyler. Yeah, they want to try to do all that, but something's got to change. Do you want to win a championship or you want to continue to barely get by? I mean, they almost won a championship last year. They can have Gordon and do it. They can have have Drogic and Duncan if I'm them, if if I'm the Heat. No. Are you, bro? Lowry is a dog on both sides of the ball. He is, but he's, man, no. You just don't like him because you just don't like him because his game is ugly. Because you just gave the same kudos to the same type player in Drew Holiday, and now you hate it on Lowry. Drew Holiday is a lot bigger. Drew Holiday is six four. Kyle Lowry is like six foot. So you mad because the man's short? I mean, when they got the same <laughs> impact on the on the game. I I I prefer bigger guards. Man, this ain't two. This guard. ain't two K, man. Give me the player that performs, and they both perform. Give me Lowry. Give me Mike Lowry. <laughs> you not no playoff Lowry. You don't need him to be playoff Lowry because you got playoff Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! So who cares about playoff Lowry? Jimmy, pick it up. Well, he still needs some help. He got help. He got bad. Don't act like, don't act like fucking Goran and um, Duncan didn't make some big shots in the playoffs last year. Yeah, it's okay. Some big games. So he gonna still have Tyler. I, I wouldn't do it. I, I just, I personally wouldn't do it. And see, you personally not winning a shit anytime soon. <laughs> I well, I mean, obviously, my team hasn't been to the playoffs in like 15 years. Let that anger out. Let, let, let that anger out. <laughs> <laughs> we were always right there to like the last month, and then we crumbled. And how my man Ross be saying about, you know, his charges? And we on doing podcasts. This ain't a King's podcast. We don't want to hear about your belly. <laughs> uh, Do you have another disappointing team or? Not really. That I could, I mean, the only other disappointing team I could think of is maybe Toronto. Uh, was good, but I mean, I don't know. I mean, they're starting to pick those, it up as of recently. They are. So those are basically the only teams I can see that would qualify as disappointing. All right, cool. This is going to probably be my favorite part of this of this whole show, honestly. But before we hop into it, let me introduce our act. And boom, baby, we're back. 
back to my favorite part of this segment. I think this is going to be interesting as all as all get out. Uh, teams, you're looking forward to seeing more of. Who you got? Well, I could just be a homer and say my team, but I won't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm actually looking. Uh, okay, so an easy one would be the Nets. It would be a really easy one because then a healthy big three. And then on top of that, there are talks that they may try to get Drummond. If he gets bought out, they are going to go after Drummond. And that would be scary. I don't know if a team can beat beat them four out of seven games if that happens. Yeah. But anyway, uh, Philly. I'm actually looking forward to seeing Philly. Right now, they're at the top of the East. 18 and 10, and they they look like they're doing all right. However, we haven't seen too much of Ben Simmons and Embiid together. Ben Simmons just came off his career game. He had 42, 12, and 9 last night, mm-hmm. and that was without Embiid. So we know we know what Ben Simmons can be. Now the question is, can he be that? while Embiid is on the floor as well. And I don't know if that can because of spacing. Spacing is huge when Embiid is on the floor. On the floor. Well, I agree 110% with everything you said until the very end. I think they are actually now more than ever have the team to be able to win with them both on the, on the field. Bringing in Danny Green and bringing in Curry has done wonders for spacing. Tobias Harris is also a pretty decent shooter, and he become a volume scorer. So now you have – you can essentially – I think when, they, when it all gets said and done, you're going to essentially see those five starting, Simmons, Curry, Green, Tobias, and Embiid. The spacing is still there, and the size is technically still there because Ben Simmons is so big. Obviously, you're still going to want to exploit, you know, Seth Curry. But other than that, everyone else is pretty decent defenders. Danny Green is a 3 and D. Joel Embiid, you already know what he brings to the table. And Ben Simmons is a defensive player of the year candidate year in and year out as long as he's healthy. So, if anything, this would be the team, you know, their best shot at making some noise. So, I agree 100%. I do think this is a very interesting team to watch. So I'm definitely glad you pointed that out. Now, uh, before we've talked about basketball and we've talked about building, not only building your team around the center, but also running your offense through the center. Mm -hmm. Do you think they can keep this momentum and pace into not only into the playoffs, but to make a deep run? Um. Yes, they just they they're gonna have to they're they're gonna have to basically do a I mean teams are still load managing even though they're technically not supposed to but they're just gonna say they have an injury and that's why but they they're gonna have to manage the two of Simmons and Embiid more more Embiid than Simmons because well let's face it he gets hurt a lot that's been his mo pretty much throughout the whole his career so if they can keep him healthy for the playoffs and simmons because remember simmons did get hurt before the playoffs and mm-hmm. Embiid was all by himself against boston last year but uh if simmons can stay healthy i, I don't other than the nets i don't see a team that i can say for sure will beat them in a seven game series not even the Lakers. Well, I'm 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 talking in the East. Okay, okay. Yeah, I, I agree with that take 110. Um, percent Obviously, we're not going to jump straight to this segment either, but because we're going to touch into it later. But Ben, Sim- or not Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid is having an MVP caliber season. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, the the man is playing out of his mind. He's averaging right at under 30 points a game, another 11 assists. I mean, Joel Embiid is doing Joel Embiid things. And like you said, I guess if he can keep this momentum going, if they can keep him 
and those legs healthy, that back okay, by the time they get in the playoffs, they're going to be tough to beat. Now, yep. with that being said, I do have a team I'm looking forward to seeing more of, but not because they're necessarily a fun team, but I want to see if they can continue to stay afloat. That team is the Charlotte Hornets. Mm-hmm. This team is right at the bottom of the of the Eastern Conference playoff picture at seven. They're 13 and 15, so they're not a horrible team. They're like right in the middle of the pack. Uh, but Gordon Hayward has actually stepped up to be their leading scorer. He's looked very good this year. Obviously, they're we're, we're probably all 95% sure that LaMelo Ball is going to win rookie of the year. So they'll have that under him. <laughs> right, what a shocker. Um, but also what's, a, what's super impressive with them is, Stephen, did you know that the Hornets are uh, in the upper half of defensive teams in the NBA? Uh, that I did not know. Yeah, they are actually 12 on the defensive side of the ball. So that is actually, you know, a big key to them winning. And that's why I say I, I'm really interested to see if they can keep this kind of pace and momentum. Because obviously, like you said, if you can keep defending, you can keep in the games, and that's how you're going to end up stealing a game or two here along the way. Mm-hmm. But with them being the middle of the pack, Defense or above average on the you know defensively, they're also the worst offensive unit in the NBA. And if you can't score points, it's going to be hard for you to win games night in and night out, no matter how good defensively you are. So, over at an 82 game season, it, I love to see if the, if the Hornets can continue this pace and continue to fight and, and keep their way into the Eastern Conference playoff, uh, the Eastern playoffs. Yeah, I mean Terry Rozier, he's been balling. I mean everybody yeah. on that, everybody talks about Lamelo Ball, but to be honest, him and Terry Rozier have actually been a really good combo. Mm-hmm. I mean Terry Rozier just he's dropped. What forty several times this year? He's dropped a couple thirties. Obviously, Lamelo. He's he's been a. I mean, they're still trying to get him in the starting lineup for good because I think he's still coming off the bench here and there. But um, but yeah, I mean, Terry Terry's done good. Lamelo, Gordon Hayward. I still don't think they should have gave him all that money, but they did. <laughs> We can't. Um, we can't stop that. <laughs> no, we can't. But uh, but yeah, I mean, that wouldn't be a bad team. I mean, if they made the playoffs, who knows? Like like I said, I, I'm not interested in watching them, you know, because they're a fun team or nothing. <laughs> I'm just interested to see if they can continue to keep fighting and scratching their way in, into the playoffs. Uh, I actually do have another team as well. Do you have another team as well? For the West? Uh, just in general. Uh, a team that you're interested in to seeing moving forward. Uh, seeing more of. Oh, uh, let's go uh, Portland. So Portland. I almost went Portland. I'm actually intrigued to see if um, do they do they keep CJ? Because C.J. McCollum, he's been out for a while, and Gary Trent has played pretty good. And they they need pieces outside of guard. So, for instance, could we see possibly a John Collins, C.J. McCollum? <laughs> now, as interesting as that would be, First of all, now we're talking about CJ McCullum and Trey Young. Neither one of them niggas playing. <laughs> that's the that's one thing. And second of all, don't forget they picked up Robert Covington. They still got Melo. That mm-hmm. they're playing at that fourth spot. So I don't know if they'll reach that far. I think the plan will be to keep CJ McCullum. I, I don't see them moving CJ. I mean, you can't continue to rely 
on Damian Lillard to drop 30 plus a night. I mean, Damian Lillard is averaging the most points of his whole career right now because there's no CJ. Uh, obviously when CJ comes, that's going to drop a little bit, but that's what you need. That, that helps keep him fresh. That helps keep Damian fresh come playoff time. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's true, but I don't know. I don't know. I mean, Portland's 16 and 10. They've been hit with injuries left and right. I mean, shoot, they, <laughs> they beat earlier in this year. Um, uh, they beat the Sixers. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they didn't have Simmons playing, but they beat the Sixers without Lillard, McCollum, Nurkic. Uh, who else was it? Um, obviously McCollum. I think I already said that. But basically, their whole starting five. They did not play with anybody in their starting five and beat Philly by 16. Right. So, I mean, Portland would be a very interesting team. Um, the only other team I could think of that would be interesting is uh, Phoenix to see how they do in the back half of the season. But, um, but yeah, as far as interesting teams for me, those are those are the ones I'm looking forward to. Now, I do – I have my one more, you know, interesting team, and this actually goes to a team that you've already spoken pretty lowly of, uh, <laughs> Dallas, the Mavericks. Because, like you said, they got to pick it up eventually, right? You, you don't – you know, in the season so well just to come out here and not even make the playoffs? Yeah. So, I mean, if we're talking about a team I'm more interested to actually watch and see how it all plays out, I would definitely say Dallas because, one, they still do have Luka and Porzingis. So they're not boring to watch. You, I just want to see them do better, win some games, get on a little run. And let's get in the playoffs, man. Stop playing around. No, I, I don't have any doubt that they're going to be a playoff team when it, the season ends or the regular season ends. I, I don't see them missing it. They got too much firepower. Teams like Memphis are probably going to fall off. Um, I want to say San Antonio, but San Antonio's actually been looking pretty good. I've been, I wanted to say San Antonio's going to fall off too, but those man, those fuckers are hanging on, ain't they? I mean, right now they're the sixth seed, sixteen and eleven. I know. So I know, but we'll see. But um. But yeah, obviously we already went over uh, teams that basically pretty much have no hope. Even though, uh, so the teams with no hope, basically, I would say Orlando. <laughs> I'd say Orlando, Cleveland, Washington, Detroit, uh, probably OKC, Houston, and Minnesota. Ah, damn, see. <laughs> You just over here rambling off teams. Look, I, I do have teams that can hit the trash can. I got two that can really hit the trash. And yeah, so Orlando is the top of my list. The way the injury bug has hit us, man, throw the whole team away, bro. I hate watching us. We are horrible. The only bright spot in watching us, man, at this moment is Vooch. Vooch has been a dog who deserves to be in the NBA All-Star game again this year. Stop playing with Vooch, get and vote for him in the in the All-Star game. Y'all pissing me off. But, yeah, throw Orlando in the trash and obviously throw Detroit in the trash. Blake Griffin not playing. I mean, he wasn't even that good anyways, if you want to be honest, which he does not look good anyways. But he's not playing. Throw Detroit in the trash, man. Are you telling me Jerry and Grant now all of a sudden, Jer uh, Jeremy all of a sudden look like, Porzingis out there, man. Get that man. <laughs> he a star player, bro. Throw the whole team in the trash. Yeah, pretty much. And then um, Cleveland, if they get rid of Drummond, they're done, which it looks like they're going to do. Uh, but, but yeah, um, what else we got? We got a MVP talk, right? MVP, early season MVP, and obviously this, you can vouch for like five players right now. Yep. But I want to hear yours. My, my top what? Top three, top five? No, your top, top one. Your top All one. Right. I don't care about the I other bottom feeders. 
I got your Oh pistol. my god. I mean I mean before before I start slandering you, I do think he is in that top five conversation. But he ain't number one, man. Let me hear now, your, let me let me hear why you say Jokic, man. Jokic is one of those players who does literally everything. He even plays some defense, which you know most star players nowadays don't do that. But I mean, what do you? What can he do? He's the leading assist. He's he has the most assists on the team, most rebounds, most points. They're fifteen and twelve. Um, they're sitting at the eighth seed or seventh seed, which is kind of like to me, it's kind of underachieving for them. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I don't, I don't see who else. I mean, I do see some people that you could put ahead of them, but for right now, it's Jokic for me. All right, yeah. I, I mean, I just like to give you all kind of grief, but Jokic is actually a very solid. You know, contender. I mean, he leads their team in everything: points, rebounds, assists, steals, blocks. <laughs> he, he's he's their LeBron James right now, and and he's been so dominant because he can play everywhere. You know, he's making plays as a playmaker. He can play inside and he can play outside. And the difference between him and Porzingis is he knows where to be at all times. He knows when he needs to be down low working people on the low block. He knows when it needs to be him and Jamal Murray for the pick and pops, you know? I, yep. I mean, J- Jokic's game is beautiful. So I'm definitely not against it. I just like to give you shit for it. <laughs> now. So who do you got? With all that being said, it's time to bring this man, his MVP back. Mr. Stephen Curry. Mr. Stephen Curry has been on a tear. We have already spoken about how he is not only the leading scorer on his team, he's by far the leading scorer on his team. As a matter of fact, it's only him and another player averaging over 15. So for them to even win games with only two players for 15 is ridiculous. And he has them in the playoff yet again with inconsistent offensive play. I mean, his numbers and his his stats are very similar to the year he won MV, unanimous MVP. Uh, the year he won unanimous MVP, he was 30 points, 5 rebounds, 7 assists. Right now, he's averaging 30 points, 5 rebounds, and 6 assists. It, look, God only imagine if he had a second knockdown shooter with him. Mm-hmm. Steph yeah. Curry is my early season MVP, and if he keeps them in the playoff race, I don't care if they barely make it as a give that man the MVP. Yeah, he's definitely done the most with the least. That that's not even arguable. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean Curry. You, you can throw Curry in there. You can throw Jokic. You can throw Embiid. You can obviously, throw LeBron. Curry. Yeah, obviously LeBron. LeBron. Honestly, we could give it to LeBron almost every year. Every right, and another one is Luca. You seen Lucas stat line, man? Uh-huh. Yeah, but they ain't winning. That's their problem. Is they're not winning again. Yep. They gotta find an identity. Uh-huh. And unfortunately, I, I mean, they better do it quick. Hey, uh, this season they're not doing a full eighty-two, right? I'm not sure. I'm not sure how many games they're doing this year. I want to say that it's a. It's a shortcut season. I want to say it's 70 something. Uh, yeah, it's a 72 game season. Okay. Oh, yeah, we're close to the halfway mark. We're like six games away. Yeah, I mean, and uh, before we even before we wrap this up, since we are so close to the halfway mark, we're also close to our star weekend. Have you heard about the new format they're gonna go with? I don't believe I have. So the skills challenge and the three point shootout will essentially be before All Star game, like before the game. It'll be like pregame, 
Uh, then, you know, they'll go at the game, and then at halftime, they'll do the dunk contest. Oh, nice. Then they'll continue on with their second half. So, uh, I mean, goddamn, like, All-Star no, Day, it ain't even. Yeah, that's no, what it's not All-Star Weekend, first of all, that means it got to start at, like, 2 o'clock so we can get everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know if I'm a fan of that. Yeah, I think I like it the other way. I personally I, do. I mean, then at halftime they usually do some dance show or whatever. But, but uh, but yeah, I like the all the events on one day rather than jam packed in the middle of the All Star game. Yeah, that, it's gonna be interesting to see. But that that is definitely how they're gonna go with it this year, and I, I'm just. <laughs> I don't know how much I'm looking forward to it, but I mean that's all I really have for today's show and to and this NBA season being about thirty games in. Yeah. You got any? You got anything left? Um, so I got any one hidden gems? One question. So we're talking about All Star Game. If you had to put one of these three in the All Star Game, I feel like I know where you're gonna go with this one. Who would you put in? Levine, Julius Randle, Lucevic. Uh, you made it so hard for me by throwing my guy in there. Because the way Julius Randle has played this year has been out of this world as well. Yep. Um. Out of those three, and none, none of the other two can make it, damn it, I'm going to have to still go at Randall because he's got those fuckers in the playoffs. Yeah. Him and, him and Vooch actually have very similar stats. Anyways, this year, you know, about 23-24, both at 11. I mean, obviously, Randall gets the nod on the assist. He handles the ball a lot more. But, yeah, the – it's got to go, Randall. The homer in me, obviously, is always going to say Vooch time and time again. But Randall this year has been on the mission, and I'm here for him to get in the All-Star game. Yeah. Yeah, he, he needs to make it. Well, the season he's had, if he if he misses it, that may be an all-time snub. Yeah, and uh, – I hope he goes. If, I hope if he doesn't make it, I hope he go crazy. I hope he goes on Twitter rants and all because the shit cracks me up when they get so pissed about it. Mm-hmm. But yeah. yeah, that that's all I have for for this show. Uh, Steve-O, obviously, as always, it's great to have you on the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, as for all our listeners, all our fans. Thank you guys for tuning in. As always, you know, always show your support by liking, commenting, subscribing, and sharing. We're on all social media platforms uh, under MB8Cast. That will be Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and, and YouTube as well. So, obviously, again, as always, I'm always going to repeat this. Let us know some of your thoughts, man. Let us know how you guys are feeling with some of these sporting events that's going on because we love to hear it. I mean, we, me and him damn sure don't agree on everything. So I would love to get in some arguments with some of you crazies too. So thank you guys for tuning in. We'll see you next time. King's